0: Where did that hit for you, the value of living authentically? When did you go, man, there is something really here that that is significant.
1: It's not necessarily not caring what people think of you, but it is understanding that what people think of you doesn't define your worth and doesn't define your value. And that I decided that I was not going to allow people on the outskirts of my life to dictate the path that I was on. To dictate my purpose that can only come from within me and in that is where you can find authenticity and make the choice to say i'm enough
0: aloha everybody welcome to alive with purpose i am your host sean christian i want to thank you so much for taking the time to be here now if you're at all curious about what it takes to live a life of passion and purpose and realize your full potential you are definitely in the right place because I'm just as curious as you are. So let's take this adventure. Let's explore what it takes to create a life that makes us feel alive with purpose. Aloha, everybody. I am so excited about this next adventure. I'm honored and grateful to have her here. She's an amazing young woman. She comes from Low County, South Carolina. She's a prolific piano player, started at the age of six, started a nonprofit, oh, at the age of 15, Hashtag real, not perfect, empowering and educating individuals on social media literacy. I'm here to learn about that. That's for sure. And let me just get a couple other things because she's just got an amazing, amazing resume. Partnered with South Carolina Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force, South Carolina National Alliance on Mental Illness, and just the list goes on. Oh, and by the way, she is Miss South Carolina 2021. Yes, which gives her a platform to share her passion and her purpose. And that's why I'm so excited to have her here. I want to give her a big aloha welcome, Julia Heron. Aloha.
1: Aloha. I love that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think it's aloha to me. It's just being present because that's really what, you know, when I lived in Hawaii for a while, some of the locals, they taught me about what aloha really means. It's not like hello and goodbye. It's I give you my breath. Mm. I give you my presence. I was was like, wait, what? And it just stuck with me. And I'll go, you know, you know what? I don't have the answers to everything, but the one thing I hope to do and anything I do in my life is just be fully present. Mm. And to me, it sort of helps me just sort of go, let me just be present and not just talk, but also receive in in this this beautiful conversation.
2: That's beautiful. I love that.
0: Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you. You're an incredible human being, by the way. Thank you. I was just doing some of my little homework last night. I'm like, <laughs> okay. no, I thought I'd be going to bed at a reasonable hour. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I want to read this article. <laughs> you, you know, Your heart is really in it. Thank you. I mean, it, you really are the real deal. You're very authentic and your actions back that up. Thank you. Which I'm very excited to talk about. No, no, I, I mean it. And I, I did have to go, I did have to talk about the origins of where you came from. Because you're definitely a South Carolina girl. I am. Low County, South Carolina. And I did I just throw in a Southern twang there? Not
1: sure. <laughs> South Carolina. I heard I it come really,
0: out. It just out. Like, <laughs> we haven't spent two minutes together. I'm already talking southern. And you don't even have an accent. <laughs> but let you me know. So sometimes it sort of comes out. But I know I'm from a small town in Michigan and I really appreciate the values. And the things that I learned as a young kid, and I sort of take them on this wild journey that I'm on right now, you know, what are some of the great lessons and the values that that you use today that you've learned growing up?
1: Mm -hmm. So I actually grew up on an island. Uh, Hilton Head Island, South Carolina was where I grew up. And so I was constantly surrounded by nature. Um, And I think that that really allowed me to just be present in every aspect of my life and to ignore distraction and just focus on what's right in front of me. Um, I was one of those people that loved to just explore. Um, I would just get in a boat or just find a new trail and just go for it um, and just kind of see what would happen. I'm very adventurous by nature. And so growing up in, in this crazy setting of living on an island um, really just allowed me to explore the adventurous side of myself. And I think that that's played a huge role into who I am today.
0: Nice. So did you, uh, with with adventure, I'm an adventurous spirit, comes a lot of misadventure as we learn. <laughs> Yeah, of course. You're just like, you, I want to adventure and explore and it comes with these beautiful mistakes we make along the way. Yes. Any, any sort of misadventures that you go, you know, I learned something valuable about this one.
1: There were a lot of times, I always say that I had a guardian angel that was really looking out for me um, because there were a lot of things I did that were quite adventurous when I was growing up and I don't know how I was never injured. Um, my mom and I were actually just talking about that the other day that I never ended up in the hospital and that is kind of, a feat really and truly. Um, we used to go, and I'm going to, I mispronounce it every time. We used to go slog sloughing when I was little, which is basically walking through the marsh barefoot and hoping you don't step on an alligator. Um, so we would, what? we would have fun. Um, I would go see <laughs> swimming, which sounds a lot cooler than it really is. It's actually horribly terrifying. Um, The area that I grew up is a shark breeding ground. And so it was just kind of a gamble on whether or not you're going to lose a limb that day. Um, (laughs) So I now looking back, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I actually did that stuff. That's insane. And why would I ever and why would my mother ever let me? I don't know. But um, I was very adventurous growing up. And I think being homeschooled played a lot into that because I had so many hours of the day to just be outside and to explore. And that was a part of our curriculum was exploration, and I definitely dug into that aspect of it.
0: I love that. I love that. So even being homeschooled, which is which is great because you get this sense of independence. Mm -hmm. You're like, okay, I'm trying to find my own identity. There's not a lot of peer pressure. There's fostered by your parents. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yes. Were they helping you through that? Which is amazing, by the way. Did Did you feel like you at any point were missing out on the social aspect, or did you have some social aspect? sort of influence your lifestyle.
1: I I did have a lot of social influence. Um, I was involved in a lot of different organizations and clubs and sports. I think I played every sport out there, every activity out there. I tried it all. Um, And that was kind of one of my parents' reasonings for homeschooling me and my siblings was to allow us to have experiences that being in a classroom wouldn't allow us. And so I was very fortunate to have a lot of those experiences. And I think that those played into me finding my identity and finding my purpose at a young age, um, because I did kind of try it all and, and just see kind of what makes me me and what makes me feel alive. Um, and, and then I got involved with the Miss America organization when I was 13. And so that allowed me a lot of experiences around a lot of different kinds of people. Um, and so I'm very grateful that my parents chose to homeschool me because it did award me some of those experiences um, and opportunities to experience expand my worldview to greater than just the local community in which I grew up.
0: Oh, that's so smart. Were you this self-aware? Like, I love your sense of self-awareness at a young age. And, and yes, it, like you said, it came with some insecurities, as I'd seen you mention, like mm-hmm. self-esteem, sense of self-worth, mm-hmm. but your ability to just explore all aspects of the inner world and the outer world. Were you this like self-aware at a young age? It's impressive. I
1: sure I, I really don't know I think um I was always one of those people that just absorbed um knowledge and I absorbed other people's emotions and so when you combine those two things, I think it allowed me insight into, just the way that the world works and the way that people work and the way that people feel, which then allowed me to kind of analyze my own emotions growing up and analyze my own purpose um, and to figure out kind of how to live life the best way for me, if that yeah. makes sense. <laughs>
0: it totally makes sense. So you're in my wheelhouse. This is the, one of the biggest things I'm curious about and why I do a with purpose is I'm so fascinated how people discover their passion. And how they create meaningful purpose in their lives. I'm just fascinated because everybody's journey is unique. It's amazing. And your ability to just have the vernacular, or at least the idea to kind of work with a sense of purpose at such a young age, Mm -hmm. is is just beautiful because many people spend their lives and, you know, me included, still refining that purpose. Mm -hmm. How can I best serve the world? And how can I best serve others? Right.
2: Mm -hmm. And for
0: you to be able to do that and have that sense of awareness at such a young age, when did these, the, the insecurity part, because that really shaped the platforms that you use today. Mm -hmm. You're talking about self-esteem and confidence, which kind of got you into the, into the pageants. So what was the spark you go? I'm just kind of insecure right now. And I'm not feeling as confident as I should. I need to be more proactive. What was there a spark or an experience?
1: There, there was. So, um, when I was a about twelve and thirteen, that's when I had kind of reached the all-time low. Um, I really found myself not wanting to be around other people, not wanting to play the piano, which I loved, around people, not wanting to explore as much anymore, and just being really insecure when I looked in the mirror. And I think a lot of that comes from at the time I had a lack of purpose, but a desire for fulfillment. And so I think you know. We can all agree that we want to be fulfilled. And for me, fulfillment is a sense of contentment and understanding that I am full and I am at peace with where I am at this very moment. And so, you know, you're going to experience fulfillment in a lot of different phases of your life. Um, But I was always chasing the next thing that I thought would give me fulfillment. And so I think when you look at fulfillment, there's two paths that you can take. You can take fulfillment through success, or you can take fulfillment through purpose. And I chose originally the fulfillment through success. I believed that if I chased the next accolade or the next award or the next grade on a test or the next crown, that eventually I would feel content. I'd feel like, aha, I've made it. But the problem with chasing fulfillment through success is that you become addicted to the success, but it doesn't bring you any kind of contentment. And so I had to learn very early on that putting my worth in a crown and putting my value in the number of Instagram followers I had or something crazy like that would never bring me the kind of contentment that a life of purpose would. And so I had to switch about age 17 was when the switch happened from chasing success to chasing purpose and to living a life authentically. And to do that, I surrounded myself with people that allowed me to feel a sense of belonging. Um, I think for so long I chased fitting in and I I didn't realize that there was such a difference between fitting in and belonging.
0: That is such a beautiful distinction. and We get confused throughout our life. I mean, I know being in the entertainment business, always looking for the next thing, the next level of what I would def- define as success. We end up chasing our tail with right. no sense of self-worth, no sense of true meaning.
2: Right. And, and to
0: make that distinction, like okay, wake up. What is what is driving me? What is right. moving me forward?
2: Mm-hmm. Right. And getting
0: clarity on that to have for you to start making that distinction so early is just something that I think informs the platform that you speak about now and empowering young people to identify what is your purpose?
2: Mm-hmm. Not
0: just success. Right. Like even in Western philosophy, we, we were looking for the result, the goal. Right. Like that's how we kind of are designed. It's more of an Eastern philosophy. What's the journey?
2: Right.
0: From adventurous soul to adventurous yep. soul. Like, you're like, that's the joy.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. You know?
0: I don't know about worrying about whether an alligator or sharks music on my feet. <laughs> Brings me great joy, but I admire it. I admire it. <laughs> Your risk assessment thing has got me uh got me thinking. Um, but you have this amazing platform to Miss America. By the way. You know, I love how that's changed yes. in the way we view you know, the pageant idea. It's not a beauty contest. It's not a swimsuit competition. There's not formal wear. You know, for, for many people who have that sort of preconceived idea of what this is about, can you shed some light on how this has evolved into something really amazing? Because I just, you know, I read something about, you know, really making women great for the world and yeah. making the world great. For women. Yes. That's coming at it from two beautiful perspectives. How's that change and evolve?
1: So that that's actually the mission of the Miss America organization is preparing great women for the world and preparing the world for great women. And so I I think, you know, that comes with two different facets. So you have the self-improvement part of the Miss America organization, which is really where I benefited from. And then you have the part where they take you, they love you, they mold you, um, they grow you, and then they send you out into the world to be an ambassador for women and an ambassador for all, really, um, and to make an impact with the skills that you've learned and with the skills that you've been given through the organization. And so that's what it did for me. It allowed me to find a sense of purpose, and then it allowed me to take that purpose um, and to mobilize the next generation of youth with the ability to find their own purpose and to find their own confidence.
0: Yeah. can you describe? like, I love this authentic identity. Like how we live. This is the one thing that just really charged me up Like, We have to chat about this because that's really what I'm really about. Encouraging people to live authentically. Like each individual on the planet has such a unique gift to give. Yes. But it's hard to see.
2: Right. It's
0: so hard to see. And and that's what's significant about doing your work is this um, and I used to carry around a little uh, poem by Martha Graham. And I'm I'm probably going to screw this up, but I had it on a little card. But it is um, there is a life force, an energy, a quickening that can only be translated through you in action. Mm -hmm. And because there is only one person like you in all of time your expression is unique. And if we block it, the world won't have it and it'll be lost forever. I know I screwed up somewhere, but but the essence of that just captivated me as a young kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I carry that with me and I remind people that I encounter, like let that shine.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And where did that hit for you, the value of living authentically? When did you go, man, this, there is something really here that that is significant, not in just pageant world, but me as a woman who wants to share this message.
1: My all-time favorite expressions is that I am a self-diagnosed recovering perfectionist. For so long, I chased what I thought other people wanted, not knowing what exactly that was or who exactly I was trying to please. And so I, I kind of lost my identity in being what I thought would fit the mold of who I thought I wanted to be. And in, in doing that, I lost sight of what I even had to offer in the first place, which is authentically Julia. And so to find, to re that authenticity, I had to first find my worth and my value and understand that I am enough exactly as I am. No award, no accolade, no success will add to my worth. I just exist worthy. I just am. And so from there, I was able to kind of be begin on this path of authenticity. Um, And to me, authenticity is something that takes practice. It's not something that comes naturally or comes easily because we are wired to want to fit in and not necessarily in a good way. Right. Um, Right, right. Because
0: Because love and belonging and fitting in and belonging two different things.
1: Right. Oh, exactly. Um, And so for me, authenticity was something that I had to wake up every single day and say, you know what, today is a day that I'm going to be authentic. And it's just like exercise. The more you do it, the stronger at it you get. And, you know, it's not necessarily not caring what people think of you, but it is understanding that what people think of you doesn't define your worth and doesn't define your value. And that I decided that I was not going to allow people on the outskirts of my life to dictate the path that I was on, to dictate my purpose. That can only come from within me. And in that is where you can find authenticity and make the choice to say, I'm enough exactly as I am.
0: As we could share with an individual or a human being go, or a young girl or a person out there and you go, you are enough. Yeah. And they could look in the mirror a thousand times and go, I am enough but what does it take to create that self-belief practice in an atmosphere where people compare and criticize and quite honestly are are cruel in some aspects, Mm -hmm. you know, especially with the advent of social media, right. All of it coming out and and people are comparing, criticizing and and cruel. And and we just can't, people are trying to find themselves, trying to be everything to everybody and say the right thing and do the right thing Mm -hmm. and, and try to belong which they feel like that's what they're doing, but they're just fitting in. Right. You know, what is that pathway to authenticity? So what do you practice as a means of trying to go keep yourself grounded and keep that core value,
2: Mm -hmm. right?
0: Like for me, it's very clear. Like I value creativity. I value human connection. I Mm -hmm. value contribution to something greater than myself. Right. That's my anchor. That's it. When I get off track and someone tries to throw me off, I'm like, wait a minute. Am I creating something better, right? Am I connecting in an authentic, real way? Am I creating, contributing to something better than myself? Do you have anchors that help you practice this sense of authenticity?
1: Mm -hmm. For me, I think the thing that I value the most is truth. And the thing about truth is that nobody can dictate my truth. Um, That comes from me and me alone. And so through understanding my truth and being grounded in who I know I am, I'm able to deflect the lies that come at me when people accuse me of being fake or they accuse me of um, who knows what, you know, all the things, all the outside pressures that I feel from social media or something like that. If I'm able to ground myself in truth. Um, then then recognizing the lies is so much easier. And so I wake up every single day and I have three things written on my mirror. And that's how I practice my truth. I have one statement about what I look like because that was something that I struggled for a really long time. I have one statement about what I can do. And then I have one statement about who I am. And so for me right now um, on the mirror, it says, let's see, what is my one today? I changed it up like once a week. I think- Good. right Good now. Brown. Yeah. You've got to keep reminding yourself of different things. Um, For me right now, it's about the way my body looks and it says I'm beautifully and wonderfully made. And then about what I can do, it's you are a gifted and talented pianist. And then the third one is about who I am and it's you are an empath and that is your strength. And mm-hmm. so reminding myself of those things every single day allows me to deflect lies, even if they're from my own brain, even if I'm self-sabotaging and allowing pressure to get to me, I'm able to recognize the lies more easily when I know the truth and I'm grounded in it.
0: Oh, that's great practice. I love that. If anybody who's listening, by all means, adapt something like that for you. Really, really do take that for yourself. Because no, we do, especially when we look in the mirror. It's, it's amazing. It's awesome that you put it in the mirror because yes. we get so self-critical and we look in the mirror. Oh, I'm exhausted. I'm not this. I'm not that. Mm-hmm. I'm not this. And your mind, you're you're actually training your own mind to go, no, this is what I this is where my focus is. This is where my love I put right. this your truth. Lives right. here. It doesn't live in the aesthetic of what we could perceive perceive in the mirror or what other people say. And I love, I want to get into that a little bit because there's this. Amazing quote by James Cooley. I don't know if you've ever heard it, but and we all kind of go through this. I'm not what I think I am. I'm not what you think I am. I am what I think you think I am. Kind of unpacked that a little bit. but
1: all right, Let me just like process. Right, how to rewind
0: that. But essentially, we get in our own heads thinking. We get into somebody else's head thinking that that's what they're thinking about us.
2: Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then we
0: believe that. People mm-hmm. think that based on a small, like they may not say hello, hi today, or they may one comment on a, on a a tweet or a Instagram and everybody goes nuts. And we focus on the one negative thing. Right. We actually start to identify to your point about, you know, how do we create this authentic identity? Right. Meaning, okay, well, what is that out there? What's the vision of that future woman or person that I want to be? How Mm -hmm. do I think, feel, act and do? I love how you put those into your sort of your morning routine there. I love that. So how how do you get through the, you, know, you mentioned pressure a little bit, but navigate the landscape of negative comments, mm-hmm. negativity?
1: I think for me, it's focusing on, again, what I know about myself um, and also remembering that somebody else's comment cannot bother me unless I allow it to. I remember when I was crowned Miss South Carolina last June, and there were so many, so many positive comments. People that just were so kind, didn't even know them, and people that had been um, watching my journey and following me for years that were just reaching out and pouring out support. And I remember I got this anonymous comment, and it said something like, Well, maybe you could win Miss America if you lost some weight. And that just bothered me. I mean, I was on this high of winning Miss South Carolina and it was a seven-year dream that had come to fruition. And I remember just sitting in my bed and being like, "They all they all think I'm fat. All of them. They all think that I'm." Fat. And it was the dumbest thing now looking back that I allowed that to bother me for days on end. One comment out of thousands that yeah. was negative. But you know, one thing I do encourage for people is um to utilize the delete button, to utilize the block button, um, the report button. I utilize all of those a lot um, because cultivating a space and a community, especially on social media, that is inclusive, number one, and it's kind, number two, um, and it's supportive, number three. I think, you know, we have to cultivate that space. And so for me, not allowing people like that into my mind, but then also into my space is what allows me to, not only just ignore, um, what they have to say, but to rise above.
0: That's two beautiful aspects. Absolutely. Ignoring and rising above. You can see how this individual spirit sort of taking root in what you do now, you know, because you, as you say, I I'm allowing, I allowed the negativity in, I'm allowing it to leave, Mm -hmm. taking control of your own life, and it is—it's—it's it's, it's human nature. We just gravitate to the negative comment, right? Out of proportion, and much like I was just describing in the quote, you know, mm-hmm. one person said this, everybody must think that. And like,
1: oh, right, right. People
0: love you. We ignore all these beautiful. It was,
1: not, it was not even true. You know, I know about myself, and that's not even true.
0: Yeah, but we all get ensnared by these in our life. We just do, and it, there'll be different challenges that we encounter, and we just, you know, as long as we keep rooting ourselves in those values and that identity that we know to be true and anchoring that.